Welcome to Holy Shit, We're Alive. I am your host, Doug Cartwright, and every week I'll be sharing my ideas, thoughts, and insights that will inspire you to look at the world differently and possibly change some old paradigms holding you back. Hopefully, by sharing my stories with you, you'll be able to step into the highest, most authentic version of yourself so you can fully maximize your life and your human experience. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Holy Shit, We're Alive. I'm really excited for today's episode. I'm making, we're making, we're eye gazing right now. Um, I'm with my dear friend, Sierra. Hello, Sierra. Hello. <laughs> it was funny. We were, uh, we've spent the last 40 minutes trying to figure out how to get our mics to working. And, and uh, we just realized Sierra's mic was just on mute this whole time. This whole time. Uh, yeah. Here we are. <laughs> It was kind of like a good little icebreaker, though, for the conversation, I think. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if we needed one, sure. Yeah. Well, I don't think we need one. <laughs> um, so I want to give you guys some my kind of perspective of Sierra. I think Sierra is an incredible human. And we've known each other for how long? We've known of each other longer than we've known each other. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, four years? Yeah. Three years? Three years. Yeah. Okay. I remember we, I think like the first time we like, connected was it like jimmy rex's yes party he does like four years ago yes there's, right. a, there's a picture of me you and nicole on instagram mm -hmm, there is yeah and then it's kind of like we kind of stayed in each other's orbit and then i kind of had my awakening and then you've kind of had one too which is amazing mm -hmm. and from my perspective it was kind of like looking at your change over the last four years, there seemed there was a period of your life, at least from the outside looking in, there's almost like there was this cloud over you. And then it seems like recently you've like had your holy shit, I'm alive moment. And now you're like this radiant, vibrant, healing person promoting self-love, which is really exciting. Yeah. It, it's been very exciting actually. <laughs> yeah. Is that an accurate assessment? Would you say? Yes, definitely. Um, for sure. I mean, I feel like seeing it from that perspective even was like, whoa, that is so right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like I was like a bad person, but I just no. had that darkness yeah. and heaviness to me yeah. for sure. Well, there's a lot of heaviness in your life. Because I remember yeah. just, especially as we spent time together, you've opened up about some of your stories. And I remember there was, we went to, um, what's that place up? Parley's? Ruth's Diner. Ruth's, yep. And you were telling me stories and I remember thinking like, oh my gosh, like you need to share your story because it's so like inspiring and also so heartfelt. And I did, wouldn't have guessed that it would have been my podcast you'd be doing it on. So. Um, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like, you're the first person actually, this is... I'm going to bring this full circle like a lot of times during this cool. conversation, cool. but um, you were the first person that when they said that to me about sharing my story that I actually like took seriously, like people mm -hmm. say that, you know, and they're like your friends and they're like, Oh my gosh, you've been through so much. And it's like, yeah, but like everyone has been through so much, you know, that's mm -hmm. kind of how I, I viewed it. And then when you said it, I was like, Oh, I could share this, you know, but again, I was still afraid. Mm -hmm. then, so yeah and i think we'll always be afraid <laughs> yes. like being vulnerable is scary mm -hmm. you know and i don't think that's something that ever goes away but at the same time when we share our stories it does empower us and so um where do we start where do you i mean obviously i think the first traumatic 
experience, correct me if I'm wrong, was really with your mom. Is that correct? Um, well, I mean, which part? Yeah, which I mean, part? your whole the whole the whole story of your mom, right, is right. is tragic. Yes, yeah, from the beginning to the end, really, it was. Um, I don't know. Okay, so where do I start? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about your, yeah. Start with your childhood. Okay. Yeah. I'll start with my childhood and my mom. So yeah, I grew up with a single mom and a younger sister. Um, and my mom grew up without a mom who, her mother passed away when she was eight years old. And so she didn't have a mom and then she became a single mom and it was like, how old was she when she had you? 17. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that, really this is a, important. That's yeah, important. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So she's And you grew up and it's in here in Utah. And correct? I grew up in, in Salt Lake in holiday and I did not grow up LDS. So mm-hmm. that's like a whole that's a whole episode in of itself. Yeah. Well, I want to tap on <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and so growing up, I never, I, I was never without, I like, it was, I had a fine and good childhood. I just didn't have a father figure. And when were you aware that that was a thing? Um, <sighs> that you're like, oh, wait, I don't have a dad and that's different. Yeah. I think it was probably in kindergarten when I started going to like other friends' houses Mm. and like seeing like, Oh, like their dad is here all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like a person. I mean, I knew that it was a thing because of like movies and stuff, but I had never, my situation had never been in the situation to like feel what it was like even to have a dad around. Cause I didn't have cousins or anything either. Mm. My mom was 17, you know? So, um, wow. Interesting question. Yeah. Where was I though? <laughs> yeah. So actually I do want to tap on this. You and okay. when did you realize that like you weren't LDS and you were like on the outside looking in? Okay. This I know for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was also in elementary school. I think it was in first grade when again it's I started going over to my friends' houses after school because they lived nearby and so I could go to their houses. It was in first grade and I went to a friend's house and she wasn't LDS or she was LDS. Sorry. So she's LDS. And I was like, I didn't really understand like what that meant. And she didn't ever make me feel like it was something that made me like different than her, Mm -hmm. but no one was ever like pushing it on me either. But I remember like seeing like pictures of Jesus on the wall and stuff and kind of like questioning, but that was all. I didn't feel different yet. Yeah. Yeah. So when did you feel different? Um, that was in, I know this too, this was at the end of fifth grade when I made like my forever best friend or what I thought was my forever best friend. And she told, she said to someone like, go to hell. And we were cut off. We were no longer friends. So you said go to hell to someone. My friend did. Yeah. And I'm associated with the friend. Yeah. And And so then we weren't like, they wouldn't talk to us. We were out. You're out. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. What was that like? It wasn't bad because we had each other yeah, and we had other friends obviously, but it was like in the moment, I remember feeling like that, that's so interesting that that's such a big deal. Like I've mm-hmm. heard, I had heard my mom say that word a million times. So it was right. like that didn't, hadn't registered to me, but then I was like, whoa, there was a lot of weight there that I just didn't realize. So did you like go home and tell your mom about this sure. or yeah, what, what, how did that conversation go? My mom was just like, what? Like, that's weird. But my mom never, she was like. She was like the cool kid, always like friends with everyone type of person. So when someone was saying something like that, she was just kind of like, whatever, that's whatever. Like, yeah. Just, just you have cat, like you have your friend, you know, like yeah. you're good. 
And how do you think your mom influenced you growing up? Like, what was she teaching you? Like, was she giving you tips and pointers how to make friends or, or what was your guys' dynamic in elementary school? Um, I feel like... Because she's what? And when you're in elementary school, she's probably what? Early 20s? Yeah. Early 20s. Yeah. yeah. Which is not that weird for here. Like, yeah. people have kids that young. Yeah. But like, yeah, she was early 20s and I'm in elementary school and I feel like from the beginning... I feel like because I was watching my mom be like a strong, independent person, that's who I had to be too. And I didn't have to be it like for myself necessarily, but I had to be it for her because mm-hmm. we were like a team, if you yeah. will. Yeah. So, so when it came to like making friends and stuff, it was almost like, I, I feel like she just thought that her example would show me. We didn't have conversations like that mm-hmm. at all, mm-hmm. but yeah. So what were the cues you're picking up from her? Well, she, my mom had a lot of friends and yeah. she was like, she was funny and she was nice, but she was sharp and she was like righteous. And yeah. like, she was like a feminist, like, but not of her time, obviously. Sure. Before her there time. There weren't feminists in yeah. her time. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like she was just like a crowd pleaser, but like naturally. Mm-hmm. So I, and I knew that I didn't like the attention so I knew that I didn't need to be loud but I like knew that I liked like that she was strong and that she could do anything yeah so so it seems like she had a pretty good influence on you for sure yeah yeah so lead us up to kind of the you know what happens next after this point so after this point I mean life goes on and (laughs) I grow up and um and actually before everything I got pregnant when I was 19 Mm. so I had always grown up like feeling adverse like like I didn't have a regular home life yeah and even like in my regular like in my home life it wasn't regular like I didn't have a huge family like everyone it was yeah it it felt really different and I knew how different it was and so it felt even more different (laughs) what was it like when you found out you were pregnant at 19 um it was like heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. It was heartbreaking. Um, just like so many shattered feelings of like, I don't want to be my mom, mm. you know? Yeah. Um, and so I made, did you tell your mom? Yes. How was that conversation? Like, um, that was hard because she thought that she was in a position to help me and like, so I'm going to keep the baby yeah. and I was, it was a hard no for me. And so she was, so you weren't going to keep your baby. No. Um, and my partner and I had made the decision pretty early on. Like we, we felt really, really good about it. Mm-hmm. And like, even down to when we found the family, it was like so divine. Oh, everything. so you went that far down the path. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my mom, so that is like right when my mom and I started just seeing things really differently. Yeah. And I feel like she, like she almost was like mad at me. Yeah. You know, like Mm. I taught you to be strong and like that you could do anything. And then like, you're not going to keep the baby. You feel like you're letting her down for sure. But it, I don't know. I let her down for sure. Yeah. That's how she felt. Mm. And so what was the process of like, okay, you're going through the adoption process with your partner you actually found a family. Mm-hmm. Did you interview them? Mm-hmm. How did that go? It was 
that was a wild experience. And everyone that we found actually was just through word of mouth, mm. like people who found out that I was pregnant and that my plan was to give the baby up for adoption. And so I remember we, they had us over to their house. They're the only couple that did that. Yeah. And then I remember we left and we both got in the car and we were like, I want them to be my parents. Yeah, cool. And that's how we knew. We were both just like, this is a no-brainer. Yeah. So at this point in your life, you kind of grew up not Mormon, kind of an outsider, mm-hmm. right? Raised by a young single mom. You get pregnant at 19. <laughs> Do you Did you feel like a black sheep? 100%. Yeah. And I, f- I felt like a black sheep, like, but now it's like about things that everybody knew about. Mm. You know, like the baby was like that, a thing that was like, well, can't really hide this. Mm. And here I am. And then, and then it was like, I couldn't catch a break, you know? Yeah. What do you feel like you were trying to hide before the baby? Before the baby, I just was trying to hide that I was so different. Yeah. But different, like on a fundamental level too, but different, like in the way that my whole life looked. Did you feel like it was different or that something was wrong with you? Oh, um, definitely that something was wrong. Like, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So you feel like something's wrong with you. You're kind of hiding it. And then all of a sudden, bam, you get pregnant at 19. Mm-hmm. Right. So then it's like piling it on. What at this point did, were you like questioning like your existence or like, did you believe in a God? Did you like, where were you on like the spirituality scale at this point? There was zero spirituality in my life. And it's insane to me how I am here today yeah. because like, what was I holding on to? What was yeah. like, what do you what, think it was? I have no idea. Like, what was I anchored to? Yeah. Like being strong, mm. maybe, I don't know, feeling like I had to be responsible. Yeah. But that I feel like, I mean, I guess it lasted a long time. Yeah. <laughs> You made it. You're here. I made it. I'm here. Um, but yeah, I was, I mean, okay. I know exactly what was anchoring me actually. Mm-hmm. It was my anger. Mm. What were you mad about? Everything. I felt like, you know, having a single mom that happened to me, getting pregnant that happened to me, like all of these things that I felt were wrong with me were happening to me. And that made me so angry. And that anger is what kept me going. Who do you think you were angry at? Myself. Mm. For sure. Even though in those situations, you know, well, obviously the pregnancy one could take some responsibility, but like mm-hmm. the single mom thing, you had no. Right. Yeah. But it, I feel like even down to it, it was like, I'm still mad that I'm judging myself, judging my mom. Mm, for being doing hard on yourself. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So you find this family to take your boy, mm-hmm. right? What switched? Because obviously you kept Leo, obviously, yes, right? Yes. <laughs> obviously, um, when like, how did you know to keep him, Leo? Yeah. Okay, so after, um, after the first time I got pregnant, I remember, like, just having this knowing of that that was what we were supposed to do in order for us to know like what was next, and I knew at that point it was like, wow, I know how true and like real it is that I am supposed to be a mother. Mm. And how did that show up? Was it just like an overnight type of thing or is it like in your, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you get that knowing? <laughs> I mean, I wish I could describe it, yeah. but it, it's like a, it was like a feeling an overwhelming feeling. And it's like, it was something that I had always had with me, mm-hmm. but it was just like, suddenly it hit me on the head basically. And was like, 
this is for you. Yeah. Look, putting your kid up for adoption. Yes. Right. Yes. But you knew you needed to keep it. Nope. So with George, the first one. Oh, I didn't right. know about George. So this is news you know, to me. Yeah. So I, I'm not, do you think I'm 25 right now? I don't know how old you are. Leo is five. Yeah. <laughs> I was 19. So I totally so I got blew. pregnant. I That's just, okay. Yeah. I did not, I did not know about that. I, I literally did not know about that. See, go. new story. This is news to me too, everyone. <laughs> okay. So you put George up for adoption. Yes. Yes. Oh. And that was, that was a knowing. Yeah. And then, okay, yes. So that was a knowing that yeah. that was meant to be. It was divine. It was beautiful. It is beautiful. So yeah, yes. That so was, that there was a bow on that. That yep. went really smooth. Mm -hmm. You know. So you know, rewinding before we get to Leo, um, <laughs> you're 19. Mm -hmm. You just gave up a boy for adoption. Mm -hmm. You feel like a black sheep. Everyone saw that you were a black sheep because mm -hmm. you were pregnant. Right. What kind of comes next? What's your relationship with your mom at this point? What's going on? So my relationship with my mom is distancing and just like getting not good. She's not doing well. And I'm like afraid. What do you mean she's not doing well? She's what do you not mean? doing well. So she's struggled with like substance abuse and mm -hmm. like alcoholism her whole life and I, depression. And you're not living with her at this time. I'm not living with her at this time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting space because I need space to be to heal. Yeah. And I can't heal if somebody else is heavy on me. So, yeah. so I need space to heal. So we're, we're distancing, I'm healing and he, th by healing, I mean, I'm just like holding on to anger as hard as I can in order to survive. Yeah. So, I mean, like I go on, like I graduate college, I, whatever, everything is going the way it should be. <laughs> right. Kind of just went Plugged right back into the, right back what in, you're yeah. supposed to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. And um, which was kind of, which was the idea. That was sure. the idea of giving up my baby for adoption was that I could yeah. go back and be. Quote unquote normal. Yes. Go back on the path. So after I graduate college, um, I'm thinking like, this is good. Everything's great. And then like suddenly and just like out of nowhere, my mom passes away. How did she pass away? She was, uh, she was killed by her boyfriend and I mean, they were both under the influence and it was like a fight turned to not good. Yeah. yeah. So how old are you at this time? I'm, I don't, 24, 23. 23 years old. Yep. And your mom gets murdered. My mom gets murdered. Yes. Yeah. And so what, what was like that call? Like what was going on? Like how, how did the news break to you? So it was, this day is like burned into my skull, obviously, but it was my best friend's boyfriend's birthday. And I remember waking up that day and just having like my, my body felt empty. Mm. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I don't want to go to this birthday party later. Like that was how like my body was just, my skin was crawling and I didn't like, I couldn't, I didn't know why. And then we were just at the bar and my sister's friend calls me like, and I'm like, who is this? Whatever, you know? And she is like, you need to get to your aunt's house. Like right now your mom passed away. And I was like, what? Like, what the fuck? 
Yeah. Sorry, can I swear? You can swear. <laughs> um, like it was so surreal, like that this was the news that I was getting. Like I just like it was in shock. So um luckily one of my friends that was with me there wasn't drinking and so she was like get in the car whatever we need to do let's go do it and um so as you're in this car what's going through your head i i don't believe that it's real yeah i haven't denial one thousand percent yeah denial yeah and um so we get to my aunt's house where my sister and her two friends are and they're like trying to tell me what happened and I just like, there's no words. I was just like, but like, how do we know? I like, that's how hard I was denying it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I don't even know when it sank, like sat in, but maybe, but yeah, I mean, she passed away. Yeah. So like, you know, I've dealt with the death of a parent. Right. My dad passed away. Completely different circumstances, obviously. Um, what was your life like kind of after, were you, were you still going to school? Would you still show up for work? Like where was your mental state at this point? Um, I, I got out of school for a month, I think. Yeah. And then, um, and what does that month look like? I got out of work too. I remember they gave me the time off and like, I don't, I have no idea what I did. Yeah probably because I was doing nothing. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember, I wasn't like devastatingly sad. I was just. Numb. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause you don't hear of many people that are murdered. Right. Very rare. Yeah. And to think, you know, given your situation, you know, your dad, is your dad alive? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Do you have a relationship with him? No, I do not. Yeah. So it's like, you didn't grow up with a dad. Mm-hmm. You're young. Went through, you know, not being LDS, kind of being black sheep, getting pregnant, going for adoption, kind of scraping by, and then your mom's murdered, mm-hmm. right? Right. And where are, where is your anger at this point? <laughs> like through the roof. Are you kidding me? I'm yeah. like, how is this actually possible? <laughs> yeah. How did you release that anger? Or did you, you know, suppress it? Or how did that, how did you work through that? I don't know. I feel... I probably did a lot of suppression. Um, but also like when I would get upset or mad, I would get really angry. Mm. Um, would you throw punches, scream, yell, fight, kick, like punch your pillows? Like lots of yelling. Yeah. But it was never like, I don't know. I was, I wasn't releasing it. Like I should have, like I was exercising. That was probably all Mm -hmm. I was releasing while I was exercising. Yeah. (laughs) Anger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after my mom died, I was like, there's no, like, this has got to be it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, like, meanwhile, I was, like, in and out of just, like, a dysfunctional relationship on top of all of this. So and what did that look like? What do you mean by dysfunctional? Dysfunctional in that, like, we were together and it was, like, magical and love and high and high, high, higher. And then it was, like, we were apart and it was, like devastation yeah and sadness and just not good during the time of your mom's murder yeah yeah so you're all over the board all over the board yeah yeah um but i survived you did (laughs) so is this the point in the life you would say that like obviously it seems like this was 
the lowest of lows, mm-hmm. the low point of your life, mm-hmm. right? What, if anything, you know, inspired you to turn the corner? Well, okay. So, or was it a subtle process? Um, I think that the, like the first thing that like kept me going or kept me in check was like, okay, I am now responsible for my sister Mm -hmm. or for at least showing her like a little bit of the way. So that was one thing that was like a taking on that mother role. Yeah. Um, and then other than that, I just like, I believed that there was more for me, but I just like, it was so hard for me to get there. <laughs> yeah. So, but you did believe there's more for you. I always believed that. I always believed like I could see big things, but I just didn't understand. Where do you think that came for from? For me. I don't, I think that was just like innate. Yeah. Just in me. Yeah. Would you correlate that knowing to the same knowing you had when you knew you needed to give up George? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cool. My intuition. Your intuition. <laughs> My highest self. Would you have called it your intuition at this point in your life? No. Yeah. Not even. I wouldn't even have said it knowing. Yeah. Sure. I would have. I wouldn't have been able to give it words. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you're starting to turn the corner. So I turn the corner. Yep. I turn the corner and everything is going pretty well. Like. Yeah. Really well, actually, for a lot of years. What does that look like? Just financially. Financially, I had a good job. I had good friends. I had some a lot better boyfriend yeah. <laughs> and yeah, everything looked good. And then, and then I got pregnant with Leo. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm still not married. It was all out of wedlock. Yeah. The horror. Was that a lot of shame in that in Utah? So much shame. Yeah. So much shame that I like, even if I say that I don't feel shame about it, I feel shame about it for no reason. It's not like I believe that that's shameful. Right. <laughs> So, so where, who, who were you ashamed of? Is this like the general public? Was it friends? Was it, I mean, do you have family at this point other than your sister? Yeah, I have family Yeah, for sure. But that wasn't where it was coming from. It was literally society. Yeah, It was the bubble of this society that I was worried about, which is so crazy to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you've grown so much. Right? I know. So is this like, you're scared to go out in public? You're scared to tell your friends, parents, or your friends? No. Or, or is the it first more time, like, yes. But with Leo, no. Is it more of like, I'm being judged I'm from being the judged. grocery store? Yes. Yeah. 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 So how did you get over that? Because um, I'm assuming like most people, we all feel judged by society yeah. at some point in our lives, you know, that we're not doing what we're supposed to, or we, we, we think we've screwed up, right. you know, we've done something wrong. And, and in your case, it's a very extreme case, especially in Utah, mm-hmm. growing up non-Mormon, you're getting pregnant out of wedlock for the second time. Your mother's just been murdered, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's a lot. Yeah. That's more than anyone I know, you know, <laughs> but you've overcome this sh- shame and guilt in the society. And so, you know, how did you do that? And what like advice would you give for someone who's looking for something similar? Yeah, I think it took a lot of just looking inward and like finding out who I am and being okay with that, but also like being able to observe being okay with that and observe other people being okay with that. And then also to be able to observe those people who aren't okay with it and just be like, oh, there they are. Being okay with the people who are observing you, judging you. Yeah. 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 
And was there a light bulb moment or was there like a moment where you started feeling like you got traction on that or like, how do you get to that point is my question. How did I get to that point? Yeah. Okay. How did you get to that point? So, well, okay. This is where I'm going to do a full circle for us. Okay, yes. I love full circles. Okay, okay. So after, okay. So I had been, you know, dipping my toe in, I'd read the four agreements. I was like, oh, what, what year is this? What this time is, frame? this is like a year after Leo, after I have Leo. So this is four years ago, Closer. four years ago, 2017, 2017 I'm, same year as my awakening. There we go. There we so go. I'm dipping my foot in. No, it's going to get, it's going to get better. Cool. So I'm dipping the foot in and reading some books and like, what books? Okay. So four agreements was a first one that I read and what else? Alchemist. Yes. That's one of my favorites. Yeah. Those actually. are like, those are like the two start. Those are like two real, anyone yeah. who's looking to get into like a spiritual yes. journey. Those are two very, very simple, basic, good beginner books. They're ga- good gateway drugs. They very, they truly are. Yeah. <laughs> so you're getting into this. I'm getting into this space. And then I'm like, I'm knowing that like, I want to get deeper into it, but I don't know how. And I don't know anyone else who is. And so I'm just like, wow, what do I do? Like, what is this? And also like, I don't really want to tell anyone about it because I'm like, they're going to think I'm way weird. Like woo woo way woo woo yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and i'm already feeling like i'm the most different person right. on earth. <laughs> right. already, you already are the black sheep right yes. so it's like i don't want to like yeah. double down on the back of the black sheep exactly piece. got shame around that so um so then i remember this is i mean it could have even been before this but this is a m- memory that i have and it's witnessing you at that christmas party me and then witnessing you a year later and seeing that you were existing in both worlds. Like I saw you just start to do it really, really gently, mm. like on your Instagram. And I was like, wow. What do you mean by that? Just like what I was posting? What you were sharing was like starting to feel like woo-woo, mm-hmm. which was, I, was think- I wasn't thinking of that in a negative way, you sure. know, like, yeah, yeah. like we're meaning it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I remember seeing that, sorry. And... And just like recognizing it and then admiring it and mm. then and then seeing you exist in your normal world again and being like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, who you is this both. person? Like, how how is he doing this? And then you reached out to me and I don't remember this. You don't? No. Okay, so you, me. you reached out to me on Instagram and you were just like I slid I was, into your DMs. You slid into my DMs. And I'm sure I was like posting woo woo stuff too yeah and so you slide into my dms and you like resonated with something i'm sure and then we um then we were like we should hang out like we should jam basically and it's like okay cool yeah like so you were like the first person that i ever was talking to in real life about like the weird shit that I was listening to on really? podcasts and like reading books about and like, no, I wasn't talking to anyone about wow. this. Wow. <laughs> See, that's news to me. That makes you feel good. I'm honored. Yeah. I'm truly honored. You gave me a safe space. Yeah. Um. So, okay. So yeah, I fast forward through that, you know, and I was still like, I was discovering more and like Instagram was giving me more of like a connection to this space mm-hmm. and like being able to read different things and like connect with different people on online, like not in real life. But, um, so that like got me in more and which really did like all the groundwork for when 
I like really started to change, which was in 2019. And what triggered that? That was, I got really sick mm. and, um, I like suffer from really bad migraines and what so much just pain <laughs> in my soul. <laughs> um, and so I got really sick and I like, I remember all like, I also have like a, like my stomach, anytime anything happens to me, it shows up as nausea. Mm. It's like, Oh, you have a toothache. You're nauseous. <laughs> Your eye hurts. You're nauseous. <laughs> so I remember I'm all like my whole life, but also in these moments, I just was always like, why is this happening to me? Like always saying that mm -hmm. out loud, even like, why is this happening to me? Why am I so sick? Like, why, 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 why? And that really forced me to like, look at things a little bit differently, but also like I was divinely led down a, just a different path of like, I think I watched heal Cool. So that was a trigger. That was a trigger for me. Yeah. And so it, you watch heels for those that people that don't know about heel. What is heel? Heel is a documentary about like Reiki and energy healing of the body, mind and spirit, basically. Yeah. Testimonies like from a woman who had breast cancer, right? Breast I haven't cancer? seen it. Okay. Um, but I know, I know what it is. Mm -hmm. It's on Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I watch heel and I'm like, okay, whoa, they, healed this person like just like cleaning their energy and I was like okay like then it's like well what's energy yeah and then you go into there and then it's talking about frequency and you're like oh what's frequency Down so the rabbit hole <laughs> so I'm like sick for nine months and I'm like I go vegan and I completely cure my headaches but I'm like in this process I like lose like 15 pounds like I'm not well mm. So I'm just, cons and I'm just consuming information because I can't leave my house basically. And, um, and then I started to get better luckily, <laughs> and leaving the house. And um, so did, was there something you did that helped you turn upwards in your health? Is there like something you ate or read or drank or what kind of caused you to get on that uptick? So it was <laughs> discovering medical medium. Mm. shout tell, out to celery juice <laughs> tell us more about medical medium medical medium is I don't, like a, okay so it's this gentleman who is channeling this information about food and nutrition and how to basically heal these personalized for you no 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 okay this is just a book i read this okay book. i don't know yeah. i don't know what this is but he believes that everything is caused by like these five main bacteria sicknesses kind of things like okay um what are they do you remember you know what they are no I could not is it or is it like know. weird random things no it's not weird like when you hear them you'll know them okay um like SIBO I don't know different things okay okay so basically you find something that applies to you like and so I was having migraines and like nausea whatever and then I followed one of his protocols and then it was like oh I'm a human again like I could go to work and not have a headache. What was the biggest difference you felt? It was like energy. You were just alive. Yes. Holy alive. shit, you were alive. Holy shit, I was alive. Yeah. Well, that was the first time that I had really been like forced to be so uncomfortable in my body too. Yeah. Like I was, and so going from feeling the worst I've ever felt in my life to like feeling okay, that was like, holy shit. Yeah. I'm in my body. Yeah. This is my body. What was, how long was that process? That was like nine months. 
So from like, no, but from when, like the lowest to when you started oh. feeling okay. That was nine, nine months. So it took nine months, nine months to get through this. Yes. And what, what type of foods that do, were in, implemented into your diet? Just vegetables. I was eating fruits and vegetables. Full vegan. Full vegan. Yeah. And then obviously like summer came and that helped a ton, but yeah. So yeah. it started to feel better. Okay. And. Cause I do notice like being around you. I feel like we hung out, you know, periodically throughout yeah. these times. You do seem way more vibrant, way more energetic. Your energy is a lot lighter. Yeah. You just kind of had, you almost kind of had like this heavy, heaviness on you. So you, it seems like a big part of your spiritual awakening was literally just getting your food and diet piece in check. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Because at yeah. that point I was, I hadn't, I still didn't have any spiritual beliefs yeah. i was like cool energy i believe in that yeah like, but i couldn't attach it to anything sure so now you start feeling better so now i start feeling better right. we're way past the four agreements alchemists like we're down we're, oh, yeah. we're moving down the rabbit hole yes what's kind of the next stop down the rabbit hole for you so in my brain it's like i've been like ayahuasca is calling me mm -hmm. and i'm like i want to do it but i'm too afraid to go to Costa Rica sure. or wherever. And I'm just like trying to channel it closer to me because I just am too afraid to be far away, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And also it just wasn't for me. So is this, does this kind of catch us up to where we are today? It will. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. So um, that's what was calling me, but I didn't really understand what that meant at the time. Yeah. And I didn't have any connections to this world. So yeah. it was like, even finding a way there, I felt, I didn't feel like I belonged, honestly. Mm. But and I also just, that just was me telling myself I wasn't ready. But I resonate with that too, though, because I remember when I went to my first ayahuasca ceremony mm -hmm. in 2017, you know, I show up at this place where it's being hosted and I felt like such an outsider. Right. It's like, I don't belong here. These aren't my people. And it's just ego, you know? And, uh, but yeah, I totally, I totally understand that feeling. It's yeah. like this new other world that I'm not a part of. Right. And it's like, they're not, I mean, in hindsight now, it's like, yeah, of course they would have like had open yeah, arms to me. <laughs> they would have loved me. Yeah. So I was obviously in my own bullshit for yep. that. But mm -hmm. um, okay. So then in 2020, when quarantine started, yeah, it was like this is a breeze for me. Yeah. I just spent the whole last year doing this already. Yeah. So I was like, okay, like what now? And then, so here's our next full circle moment. Um, I heard you on a podcast that I had never listened to before. And it was the Wake Up With Wesley podcast. Yes, I love Wesley. And um, after that, I like, I resonated with her and her story so much yeah. that I just kept listening. Uh -huh. And um, she had her uncle on and they advertised a women's group. And um, I ended up like through the interview process and all that ended up getting into the women's group. And then that is what has like astral projected me yeah. into this community. New is, human it the, being. is it the community? Is the new information? Is it what, what is the really at the core of it? It's the community. It's yeah. the having other people to talk to about it, having other people who get it, but also who just like, I don't know the the community is everything number one, yeah. but also just like, I don't know. The information is you already have it. Mm -hmm. 
but how do you have it like without having someone else to talk to about it? You know? Right. Yeah. So, so it sounds like this women's group has been really, really big for you. Yeah. So the women's group changed my life and it's like, it's so hard to explain because it's like, what do you mean? Like every, yeah. whatever day, I think it was Tuesday nights that we would, it's, it was on zoom too. Yeah. This is just a, zoom. It was you zoom. just pull up your computer. We weren't all in Utah. Yeah. Only three of us were in Utah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So like every Tuesday when, you know, people would be calling, so like, oh, I have my group tonight. Like, yeah. And they're like, what is this? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's your tribe. It's my tribe. You got to find your tribe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But basically it, it was like, it was so profound and like, so not profound all at once because it was like, we were just gathering every week and sharing our experiences and then sharing our ex- shared experience within that. Yeah. And just to be seen and to see yeah. is such a gift. Yeah. So. Seems like you're in a great spot right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> beaming. I wish everyone could see the smile on Sarah's face right now. Yeah. She's beaming. Yeah. So what would you say to, you know, someone, you know, you have very, a very extreme story. Yeah. Um, and thank you for sharing and being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. I know it's probably not easy to talk about at times. Um, to someone listening who may feel like they're wronged by life, they're angry at life. You know, the, you know, you kept saying the, why is this happening to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and now you're in this, I'm excited to see what's in your future. Cause it feels like you're really just getting started. Yeah. Like you, you, you know, um, who, what would you say to someone who does have some anger towards life? You know, who, what would you say to them? Oh, wow. Um, I guess that's what I think of this is like, how would I say this to myself? Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, it's so hard because I heard this so many times, but like everything is really happening for you. Mm. And I think it took me being spiritual and like believing in like what I'll call God, but like you can call whatever you want. Um, Believing in that is what like helped me to actually realize that it was happening for me. Like that it, it wasn't like I was getting dealt good or bad hands it was just like this was the path so like figure it out <laughs> yeah this might be a deeper question and it's no, I don't, there's no right or wrong answer do you feel like you know energetically spiritually on a soul level that you actually chose this path like 100 percent. yeah because there's a billion different timelines where something else that i'm dreaming of is happening yeah yeah <laughs> So, yeah, I don't know. I just think that just be so gentle with yourself and like look at yourself and love yourself. Mm-hmm. I think that that has been the biggest lesson for me in all of this. You said you yeah. said I'm the self-love queen. Yeah, I did because I noticed <laughs> the queen like, of self-love, like yeah. Yeah, cuz you're like what do we want to talk about? I'm like, Sierra, just from my perspective watching you like on social like you used to not love yourself. So, side note, and I don't know if this is too vulnerable for, you know, everyone here, but me and Sierra had a little dating fling. <laughs> We did. We did. Mm-hmm. We've made out. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember, I'm, I'm actually really excited to share this with you, but I remember, and, and by the way, when we were first, when we were seeing each other, I wasn't in a healthy space either. Mm-hmm. I was still going over a breakup. I wasn't over. And so I wasn't showing up as my best self for you. Um, and this is probably a projection, but I remember in the time we were spending together, it seemed like there was like some rashness 
about you that was like and kind of maybe not angry at life, but like like you didn't you weren't on the best terms with life in a sense. And I remember thinking like you know there wasn't self love there. And you know, fast forward two years, and it's like I like I message like I message you. I'm like you're the self love queen. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it's so evident now, and it's so beautiful and so cool to watch. Full circle moment. Um, what like someone who doesn't love themselves, right? Where do you start? Wow. Um, okay. Well, okay. So as far as like the, when you said the rash, like, oh my gosh, I felt that so hard. And because I carried around my anger, like, Mm. like it was my job. Yeah. Like it was my job to be angry. Yeah. I could feel it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously Yeah. like I wanted you to feel it. I wanted everyone to feel it. It was my job. And if I wasn't angry enough then I wasn't doing good enough. Mm. And, um, like I, when I realized that, like when I actually looked at it and I was like, Oh my gosh, like you don't have to be angry. Like you can just like feel love because you are love. Like, that was in ayahuasca actually. So. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but when I realized that it was like, Wait, every... you've done ayahuasca. Yes. I, why you never told me this? <laughs> that was through the last, that was just last year. I didn't know that. Last year was my year. Where? We in, um, not Joshua, Idlewild. Amazing. Yes. Great spot. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. just don't be angry. Yeah. It's like the So did you let, trade. did you let your anger go in that ceremony? Oh Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not even that. I just like acknowledged it. Yeah. It's not even some things you have to let go, but some things are okay to just acknowledge Mm. because being the observer is what's taught me to be light. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that. Self-love queen. Self-love queen. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Okay. So I didn't realize, I didn't even realize that I didn't love myself. Like I, thought, I totally relate with that. I didn't yeah, yeah. realize I didn't love myself. Either. I thought that I like, I was like, yeah, like you're really pretty yeah. and like, you're really skinny yeah. and like you are smart. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I didn't realize that like, that's not what loving yourself is. Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> so then when I realized I had this moment where I let somebody in my life show me how to do something and I saw how much it gave to them mm. because I'm usually the person who can do everything. Yeah. But instead, I just was like, I just like let them do it. Yeah. And I remember seeing the like that joy and then being able to be like, oh, you see things differently. Like, and that gives you this joy. So like I can turn, I can like turn that around. I don't know where I'm going. I'm so sorry. I no. got lost. Yeah. Where no. was I going? You were just telling how you loving yourself so much was affecting other people. Yeah. I was? Yeah. In the sense... Um, okay no my story you're right okay (laughs) so I let someone show me how to do something yeah and then I realized how fulfilling it was to be vulnerable yeah what yeah I thought it was uncomfortable but it wasn't so it's so funny you say that too because I remember like after we stopped hanging out dating I remember someone asked me are you still hanging out with Sierra and I go no and I go they go why not and I'm like it says it feels like she won't accept any help. Like feels like she has to do everything on her own. And like, she always would make it a point that she didn't need my help, you know? And it was kind of like, I felt like I didn't feel like I was needed. 
I'm, I'm doing <laughs> Let all this by myself. Wanted, yeah, like, I didn't feel needed or wanted. I couldn't. How yeah. am I? I couldn't even get to wanted yeah, because of yeah, the needed yeah, yeah, was yeah. in my way. So I'm so glad you're aware of that because it's <laughs> something that I was aware of too. Uh, yeah, like, I think it's something everyone was aware of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that was like the beginning. That was the beginning. Yeah. When I let someone show me how to do something, and then I started doing it more, mm-hmm. and I started like being vulnerable and being like, oh, can you just like show me how to do that? Or like trying something new, but like not being embarrassed to try something new, which was like, I was being open to learning. Yes. Because I was so worried about what other people would think. It was like, just like the reading the alchemist and four agreements. Like I didn't want to tell anyone about that because I didn't want anyone to judge me. Yeah. So then when I let that go and like last summer, I was like learning how to skateboard and like doing all this just dumb shit but that like made me feel so vulnerable Mm -hmm. and I needed to have like a vulnerable hangover every single day. Yeah. And the thing that's so beautiful about this is from my perspective, when you truly learn to love yourself and go through these vulnerable moments, once you get that love with, from within and not expecting society or your friends or someone else to fill up for you, it actually gives you full permission to be yourself Mm -hmm. because it doesn't matter what they think. And when you have full permission to be yourself, you're going to be curious where it's like, Oh, what else can I do? now that I don't need anyone else's validation, I don't care what they think. And it's not like in a spite way. Like I don't care what you think. It's Mm -hmm. like, I genuinely don't need your validation because I'm so full of it myself and I love myself and I can show up as my best self to you and for everyone else. And because of that, your opinion doesn't, isn't as weighted as it used to be. It's not that I don't care. We don't think, but it's like, it's not as weighted. I don't, I don't need it. Right. I don't need it. So I'm curious, what else can I do? Can I learn how to skateboard or cook or whatever and you're just always full of love and curiosity and openness and beaming and it sounds like that was exactly what happened to you exactly that's exactly what happened to me yeah yeah so now now like yeah i want to be like the queen of self-love but like i'm still just like learning that too you know that's why i love to yeah that's why i love to like write about it and like okay i love your blog your blog my is newsletter? your newsletter. Yes. Your newsletter is so good. I remember thank I didn't you. even, I didn't even know how I got on your list. I put you on it. Okay. Thank you. I'm glad <laughs> you did. I spammed you. Yeah. Thanks. And I remember just one day out of the blue, I get this inbox. I'm like, Sierra, I'm like, what's this all about? And I read it. I'm like, oh my gosh, like you're such a good writer. And I, that's when I knew you had made, made changes just because the way you're expressing yourself. Yeah. And then, so tell people about your newsletter. Like where can people sign? Hey, everyone that's listening needs to sign up for this thing because yes. it's full of so many good little <laughs> nuggets that like, it literally kick my energy level up. I was like, good. Excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you, you can sign up for my newsletter from my Instagram. What's your Instagram? You can follow me at Seance. Spell it. Seance. <laughs> S-I-A-Y-O-N-C-E. Yeah. And yeah, you, that's where you can just get to know me. The newsletter is just like a foundation is how I feel what it is. But what it really is, is just like a peek inside like one of my billions of thoughts that I have per week. But and they're so good. Yeah. One that I just decided to deep dive on that I thought that other people would resonate with too. Yeah. And they're really fun. And it's aesthetically pleasing and it's good <laughs> insight. So give us a, give us a sample of an insight someone might get if they sign up. This last week I wrote about <laughs> how Valentine's day is a lot like Halloween because it's like got all the candy and, um, but it's like really full of trickery because even if you're like in this really great relationship and you love someone so much, like something always is like a little tricky about the situation and like goes awry Uh or you're like alone and then you feel alone and then you feel like everyone else knows that you're alone and you're like, Oh, I'm alone. And so I wrote all about like how 
you don't have to feel that way because if you love yourself and if you treat yourself, then like you're getting all the love that you need to like write yourself a love note and send yourself flowers and have your favorite meal and like tell yourself like, I love you so much. So you're eating candy hearts this weekend. Yes. Yeah. Bathing in them. A note from the self-love queen. Write yourself a love letter. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. And tell us about your company. Oh, so we can leave that out. No, let's talk about it. We should talk about it. Okay, we're talking about it. Okay. okay. So dip. Wait, why are you hesitant? I just, okay. It's because I like, I want to go into it. We yep, can go we, okay. we're, we're, we're getting vulnerable today. Okay. okay. So I started during quarantine, you know, during 2020 when everyone did everything. Um, I was getting creative and I started like tie dyeing and it was selling. So I set it in stone and bought the web address and everything and, you know, made an Instagram and what's it called? It's called dipped. Dipped. Spell it. D I P T. Yep. And it's, it's evolving. <laughs> um, so what is it now? And what's it evolving to right now? It is a clothing company, a brand, if you will. Um, and what it's becoming is a space for me to just share creatively. Cool. And so, yeah. So what, what could someone look for on dip? Like what would, what would they find if they go to dip? Okay. Well, the one thing that you should search for are the socks. You can buy tie dye socks and they're amazing. They're, I only have women's sizes, so sorry, but, I'm out. <laughs> but they are the best socks ever. I wear them every day. Um, please buy the socks for your own sake. Yep. And what are you hoping dip turns into? I'm hoping dipped turns See, your into... See, light, your eyes just got big. They did? Yeah, they got big. <laughs> You're kind of like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. Like, and then like, what is going to be? Oh, yeah, this is okay. what it's going to be. Well, okay. So this is another thing that's aligned with just everything that I've learned and become in this last year. But like, literally, I it can be anything, which is really... Blank really, canvas. Blank canvas. Um, and it can be everything. So, but I want it to be a space where I can share everything I'm doing creatively. So the, this is, this is real time, but this is me saying, <laughs> I have this idea where it becomes the website kind of starts to look like a MySpace. Mm. But so like, there's this spot where it's like, Oh, this is who I am. And like, this is where I'm doing my personal writing. And then like, this is where this brand is living that is tie dye. And like, mm. it's going to become this chic, cool thing. Maybe yeah. and then, like, this is the music that I'm listening to, you know, this is, whatever just what about your top eight and then my top eight exactly who's gonna be in the top eight like people that i would recommend like listen to this podcast obviously (laughs) but you know what i mean like this that space where i can share other people's stuff and like i don't know i think it's gonna be really cool i'm so excited for you me too yeah yeah well sierra quite the story (laughs) thank you any last words for our viewers that are listening to this well, uh, if you could, if you could share one piece of advice with the world, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Everything is out of control. Everything is out of control. <laughs> and that's should be relieving. It really should be. <laughs> Cause you can't control anything. Nope. Stop trying to stop trying. I agree. Yep. Okay. You're amazing. You're amazing. Love you. Thanks yep. for listening Love and you. follow Sierra on Instagram. Thanks. Have a good day. See you guys. Bye.